and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I'm Matt. And I'm Garrett. And Ashley sat this one out. Uh, we're talking about Candyman today. Uh, it's the 2021 Jordan Peele produced uh, remake, reboot, slash sequel of the 1992 film Candyman. And Garrett's going to tell us about it. Thank you for that uh, intro, Matt, because I was going to start the synopsis with, you know, it's kind of hard to tell if this is just a... A retelling of Candyman, a sequel, I guess it could even be considered a prequel. I don't know. But so essentially the plot of this movie. So the original Candyman takes place in the 90s in Caprita Green, Chicago. Uh, So this takes place present day in Chicago where Caprini Green was, which has now been a gentrified neighborhood in Chicago. this artist, Anthony McCoy, is an up-and-coming artist. Uh, he wants to find some new inspiration for his art and ends up wanting to explore the projects of Chicago where he learns the legend of Candyman. And you learn, you say his name five times, and he appears. And so what shouldn't you do is what every character does. Mm. They say the name five times in the mirror, and... Then the plot develops. I think that's that's good without getting into anything spoilery. Yeah. So I was found myself confused and frustrated by this movie. So I have not seen the original Candyman, but you have. Yes. Um, I don't think you need to see the original Candyman to know what's happening because they do go back. Well, they they give you some origins of Candyman. But I don't know whether any of my confusion would have been um, ameliorated by, the, it, by seeing it. I think it's more confusing by seeing the original Candyman. Okay, well then I'm, I'm good then. But yeah. I'm still confused. Um, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, uh, he plays a character, Tony McCoy, who's an artist. Um, and he lives with his girlfriend, played by uh, Tiona Paris. And she lives in a now like a gentrified apartment building that... Is you know partly where Cabrini Green used to be, and he's looking for inspiration. And then he runs across uh, a character played by Coleman Domingo, who some folks may recognize from Fear of the Walking Dead. And Coleman Domingo's character uh, tells him the legend of Candyman, and that's when yeah, Garrett was talking about like people start to saying Candyman's name all these different times, and Candyman appears and he starts killing people. What was frustrating for me about this is, I mean, I knew going in that this has sort of a, uh, a sort of a historical social justice um, racial element to it. Um, you know, it's about you know African American and police relations. Um, it, it's about gentrification. It's about you know the, the housing projects that were being green and how all that. You know, um, and even before that, it even goes into stuff before that and in present day. And I don't, you know, I'm totally fine with a movie that tries to blend, um, you know, uh, you know, in this case, a horror movie element um, with a, sort of a, 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 a sort of an enlightened uh, take on on like, uh, you know, racial politics in, in this case again. I thought, though, it was done really clunkily here. And I didn't always feel like... I felt like the movie was telling me things, but not integrating them into 
a solid plot line. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, so I would say I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, I, I like especially the horror genre diving into because I think uh, they can tell stories in ways that just traditional storytelling can't. And especially when it gets into, uh, you know, the violent history of uh, black Americans, uh, it's, you know, horrific. And so making a horror movie about it is almost fitting. Uh, what I think when you said clunky, what I actually found that, so I've kind of felt the story, if they just took the Candyman legend and made it their own, like this story, which there was that part of it in the original, but this one, it just kept like, they were trying to force the original Candyman, just the first one, not any of the sequels, mm-hmm. into this movie while also telling their own story. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what kind of made it clunky to me, where uh, you, you have this plot from the first one of this student trying to tell her story in Urban Legend and, uh, you know, ends up being kind of stalked by Candyman and uh, uh, wanting to be his victim and then they kind of take her story and just force it into this movie while then telling this other modern uh, social justice story. And it was, I would have just kind of preferred them just to reboot Candyman, create a little twist on the mythology, and then tell their own story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I felt it would have made it a lot less clunkier. Yeah, um, I would agree with that, even though, again, I haven't seen the original, but. I was there's there's um, an interesting yeah there are two stories here I think and they don't mesh well and I think it's fascinating to tell a story about um, sort of a um, group violence and I don't mean against each other but uh, committed on them um, over time to where like it sort of scars uh, their mental psyche and they create stories right to to deal with it. And You're explaining the plot of Candyman. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> there, that, that's, that's to me in and of itself it would make a fascinating movie. I don't know if you need a literal horror figure <laughs> shoehorned in. And I think that is where part of the frustration for me came in. It's just like either give me a story where it's this, you know, your, your, your generic horror um, character dude, and he goes around killing people or give me the story uh, that they're trying to tell that, which is, is more like with, with the enlightened, um, you know, here's the, the history of creating green and, and, and black people and uh, the oppression and whatnot. Give, give me one of those two, because they did not, in my opinion, put them both together. Well, no, uh, they, and a lot of it, I think is. So the movie, isn't exactly, you know, our scene. Uh, it, it very much is centered around this urban art culture. And yeah. uh, it's not kind of, you know, you, we don't really speak their lingo. And so as, as uh, you know, it's very... And they do have some meta things in the movie where they talk about it, but it's kind of these hoity-toity people... Uh, who are living in luxury talking about oppressed people. like yes. And 
it, it's and that's the thing that happens. Uh huh. But oh, I, but, th- th- but that being the center focus of the movie, kind of it made it very unrelatable to us because we didn't relate to any of these characters. We're not in that scene mm-hmm. where we, we are not nearly as wealthy as these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, the, the only thing that we really have in common with them is we agree that the, the issues that they're talking about need to be brought front and center. Mm-hmm. And then it's brought front and center in this movie. And yeah, clunkily. Yeah. Um, there was a scene actually where we said to each other while it was happening that there, there was a, it was in an art gallery, right? And this guy and this girl were talking and I'm like, this is not how real people talk. These are not people I know. <laughs> well, and, and here's the thing. Maybe there are real people who talk like that. And it's just, <laughs> if, if they talk to us like that, they're like, hmm, how about that local baseball team? Yeah. <laughs> I want to say, so this movie was directed by Nia DaCosta. Um, and I think direction wise, it was fine. I, I had some issues with editing. Sometimes I felt like scene transitions were, I was thrown for a moment. Um, and that was sort of odd. And there's also things where, well, for one thing, and maybe I missed it, correct me if I'm wrong, but the whole centerpiece of summoning Candyman, where you say his name five times, that our main character, um, the, the Tony McCoy character, the artist, he tells his girlfriend about that, but we don't know where he gets it from. I mean, we, we assume he gets it from the Coleman Domingo character, but they have a scene where he and the Coleman Domingo character are talking and Coleman Domingo was relaying to him, you know, the Candyman legend. And then it cuts to like later that day and the artist, Tony McCoy character, he's back at home with his girlfriend and he starts telling her about Candyman and how you summon him. And I'm like, Okay, so so the other the, the, Coleman Domingo must have told him that. That's an incredible catch. Now that you explain it, I'm like, oh no, no I have an explanation. No, no, you're right. Yeah, he never said that's how you summon Candyman, but all of a sudden he just knows this yeah. is how you do it. And yeah, so that was that was odd. And there's stuff. I mean, we won't spoil it, but there's stuff later in the movie that might explain it. But that's another thing. I didn't like the toward the last. You know, 15, 20 minutes of this movie really lost me. I mean, I understood what was happening, kind of. But it was also just a little... It was really... It was just kind of a mess, I thought. Well, it's a mess, like, literally and figuratively. Like, it's a very violent movie. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, not not for the... If you're squeamish, it's, it's it's a tough watch. I will say, yeah. Which is interesting because I had, I had, you know read some people online talking about like, oh yeah, this is really gory. This is really violent. And I, it, they're right. But I was wondering if they were right because the first half, this is a 90 minute movie. So the first half hour, like the whole first third of the movie, not a lot happens. I mean, I, I won't say that, but art and stuff, art and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, if you're coming here for like a horror movie, it's not kicking in until a third of the way through. And they have a, the very big, the movie kicks off in 1977 with a flashback, and you see um, this character named Sherman, who is is the titular Candyman. And I thought to myself at first, I'm like, wow, like they're rebuilding Candyman really early. And then half an hour later, I was like, oh yeah, they had to do that because nothing else is happening in this movie. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they had to like give you the Candyman jolt, and then yeah, things happen later on. But it does get violent. 
So I, on a positive note, you, you talked about the direction, which I, and I agree with. And I thought it was very well acted, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as the story ahead of the, the the actors who are front and center, uh, they, they put on a really good performance. And uh, Tiona Paris, I thought, was probably – she kind of stole the show – well, I mean, yeah, almost literally, but uh, she wasn't really the victim. The The victim was uh, the Anthony McCoy character, and yeah. her performance kind of put her front and center, and I, I, I thought she did a great job. I would agree. Yeah, a lot of the acting in here, aside from maybe those two characters we said weren't talking like real people. Well, there's a reason why they... Uh, well, I, I <laughs> that's, guess, that's the dialogue, I guess. Yeah. That's the script. Yeah. No, I also wanted to bring out... I, I appreciated the inclusion of an openly gay couple. Uh, one half played by Nathan Stewart Jarrett. Um, he, he, you know, I, I loved him in this. So, yeah. The actors were fine. Um, yeah, the actors were fine. So, um, what would be your score out of 10? Man... I don't want to give it a bad score because I don't think it's a because we've seen bad movies. Yeah. This, this is just a movie that I'm I'm not particularly enjoying, so I, I'm gonna have to give it a five. Okay, I give it. I hate to be like this, but I give it a four and a half. I was I was gonna go four, but I, it's not bad. It's just I didn't care for it. Yeah. So our score is a 4.8. It is on the tomato meter. Uh, Critic score certified fresh 86% at the moment. That's with 136 reviews. Um, So it just came out tonight, and there's no audience reviews up yet. I'll be very curious to see what the audience is thinking. I will be too. uh, Though, so I don't think this is going to be like one of those, uh, you know, Pull the wool over the eyes and, you know, a whole bunch of white people are like, this is not what I was, I gave money to go see. <laughs> uh, I think people know what they're getting into when they go see Candyman. So I don't think you're going to get like a, a Rotten Tomatoes bomb like some, yeah. some of those movies get. But it will be interesting to see if uh, other people feel the same way we do about it. Mm-hmm. It will be, yeah. Um, I wouldn't go as far as to not recommend it. But I have a lot of caveats about it. Pretty much what you've all all talked about here. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, four point eight from us. And thank you for joining us, Garrett. Oh, thanks for having me. Right, bye bye. Goodbye. Who can take a sunrise, sprinkle it with dew, cover it in chocolate and a miracle or two? The Candyman. The Candyman can. Candyman can, cause he mixes it with love and makes the world taste good.